Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you are listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. Hope you guys are well. I hope you are not only thriving, but surviving. You need both. I love saying to people, um, you know, they're like, oh, is that a threat or a promise? And then I'm like, it's a thromus. A mixture of the two. It's important. I just like a weird bump on my neck. And it's like, it's been there for like a couple weeks now. Because, yeah, I understand, like, bumps come and go, whether it's, like, a pimple or whatever, but, no, nah, this has been staying. But it feels, like, scabby, so I'm like, is it healing? And at first I didn't know what it was, so I was, like, scratching, and I think that wasn't helping anything. And, like, nobody could see it. My hair covers it. Thank the Lord. Um, But is it, like, a spider bite? What the heck is it? And if it is, can I become, like, spider girl and, like, have all these superpowers and stuff? Because... I want to dance on the ceiling like no one's watching. And really, if the ceiling was high enough, nobody would be watching if you think about it. I want to dance on the ceiling. I want to be like Fred Astaire dancing on the ceiling. Yeah, that was like for a very famous movie he was in. Was it for, I think it's called Royal Wedding. The movie's called Royal Wedding. And yeah, it's very entertaining. Last time I checked, it was free on YouTube. So if you're like in the mood to watch an older movie because you've just been watching like new shows only and your like 2023 brain is just like about to explode, you should watch it. It's very entertaining. And it's got um, Peter Lawford and he was part of the Rat Pack with Fred Astaire, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. I forgot. There was another member. I just don't remember his name. But yeah, Peter Lawford was a part of it, and he's very handsome. He's a very, well, sorry, he's dead. He was very handsome. In the movie, he's very handsome. But yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then, oh yeah, I watched this other movie. On a plane, it was called Gran Turismo. And the the gist of the story, it's based on a true story, actually. The... Yeah, the plot is that this boy, he loves, like, video games that are involved with racing, and then he kind of steps it up and goes a little past the video game level and goes into, like, a, a racing car simulator. And he's, like, addicted to this. He's doing it all the time. And then Nissan is, their company is just like, hey, let's do this marketing project where campaign where we have we see if e-racers can become just as good as real racers and everyone's like no that's risky first of all if anybody gets hurt they you know we as a company could get in trouble and then he's like no no let's do this for real and then they have the best e-racers in the world all come and they have you know another guy who like actually knows what he's doing like training them helping them because you have to be like physically fit to drive believe it or not you can't just be like a fat loser. And yeah, they weed out some people who aren't so serious about it. And then they have a few finalists. And then they have someone that they're sticking with as a e-racer for Nissan. And yeah, he he actually ends up winning some races. So it was kind of crazy. It was a very it was a very inspirational movie, very cool. But this boy like always knew 
he always knew he wanted to do this. He always knew that it was going to lead to something else. But it's funny because it's like probably a lot of people that played those video games felt the same way and nothing happened for them. But of course, the person that ends up being su successful can tell their story and then it gives hope to all these people that, well, whatever dream I have that, I, that no one's believing me, maybe something more can happen from it. I don't know. But yeah, really good acting. Orlando Bloom was the Nissan marketing guy. Um, and then I don't know the names of any of the other actors, but very good movie nonetheless. So if you need something to kind of inspire you and pick you up and throw you around a little bit, like an abusive, abusive husband would, then watch the movie. Um, I was thinking about this. It's so crazy. January 6th, this is another topic. January 6th happened, uh, 2021. And you know, 2022 is definitely on the mind. 2023 is definitely on the mind. 2024 hits. And I forgot that it was January 6th. Like, I did not think about the fact that, you know, it had that cultural significance of January 6th until, like, a few days after. I was like, oh my gosh. January 6th passed. I didn't even think about it. And I am personally very happy that I felt that way because that day has been significant for very stupid reasons. And yet Biden comes out on that day and gives this really big speech. And he's, his overall message is that he still wants to prosecute people that were involved in January 6th. It, it's so crazy. Um, this article in the Epic Times, it was basically detailing that 1,250 people have been charged with crimes related to January 6th. That's a lot of people. And if you go to the Capitol today... Do you see any of the effects of January 6th? Do you see, you know, statues torn down? Do you see, do you see destruction damage everywhere? No, you don't. It's, it's nothing happened. A few windows. Oh boy, man, that's the worst thing ever. But the looting that happened in 2020 based off of George Floyd's death, that destroyed so many businesses all of their stock and inventory was stolen. The whole place was destroyed. Imagine that you spend 20 years trying to create this business and then boom, it's looted by the people. And yeah, so, so nothing happened really to the Capitol. But yes, yeah, so many people being charged, it's scary. For me now with making decisions on who I want to support politically, if that person is against those who were involved in January 6th, I know that they're ignorant and I know I don't want to support them. And that's all there is to it. If you still haven't figured out, I can understand if it like, if it had just happened and you still didn't truly know what was going on. You didn't know that Trump had said here, yeah, we can have more police officers if you guys want to do that. And then it was up to Nancy Pelosi and she said no, even though there were threats of a lot of violence occurring that day. You watch the videos with all the cops just letting people go through the Capitol, even though they supposedly were not supposed to. It makes you really wonder what was going on there. Makes me wonder. And, and then just the fact that, like, there are people that have been in solitary confinement for years now because of this. People that are losing their minds. What, what kind of country are we? And this amazing movie that Dinesh D'Souza did um, called Police State, it, it was... 
it was not a fun movie to watch. It was very sobering. It was interesting too, you know. Um, but one of the people that they highlight is this woman whose niece, no, 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 sorry, nephew, nephew, um, nephew was just walking in the Capitol and you can see on video, like he did no damage, but supposedly he wasn't supposed to be in, in the Capitol and, you know, he was arrested and then they were going to see him in court and his charge was raised up to a terrorist charge, which could lead to way more years in jail. And he was so stressed out. He didn't know what to do in this situation um, that he ended up killing himself. And we know why he did that. We know why he killed himself because he, he thought I did absolutely nothing wrong, but I'm about to go to jail for like pretty much half of my life. I don't know how long it was going to be, but it was going to be a very long time. And he kills himself. He was like in his twenties. It's, it's so sad. It's so sad. Yet the people that were looting these businesses, stealing all their inventories, smashing all the windows in these in these small businesses, they, they got to just walk away free and clear. It's scary. It's scary to think about like what, what kind of country are we living in? You know, I thought that in the capital we had public servants and they didn't matter as much as actual citizens and people, but it really doesn't seem like that's the case. It's more like the public servants are way more important than the people, the citizens that vote for them and put them in that place. So yeah, Biden, he was saying that, uh, They've sentenced collectively all the people for more than 840 years in prison. These people that have, were a part of January 6. And he's bragging about that if it's, as if it's something good. There's nothing good about that. He said, And then he said, what Trump has done instead of calling them criminals, he's, he's called these insurrectionists patriots. And he promised to pardon them if he returns to office. It, it's so crazy how radically different Biden and I think. And maybe Biden and you think. Or maybe you guys think the same. I'm not sure. Like, when if Trump were to pardon the people that were involved in January 6th, I would be clapping. I'd be so happy. Because the thing is, that could have been me. I supported Trump. I could have seen myself in, in if I was in a different situation, not going to an 8-to-5 job Monday through Friday. I could see myself being at the Capitol. And supporting Trump. And then if a bunch of people were just all kind of pushing themselves into the Capitol, I could very well have just walked through there and then be arrested for that by the FBI. The FBI raided some people's homes in the middle of the night. They rammed their doors open. <laughs> Gosh, like, they weren't hurting anybody. The only person that was really hurt by all this was one woman that was shot by a police officer who was trying to get into the Capitol. That was the only person that was hurt. Ashley Babbitt, which is so sad. So yeah, over 890 convictions connected to January 6th. The U.S. Attorney for D.C., Matt Graves, is his name. And he said, but if a person knowingly entered a restricted area without authorization, they have already committed a federal crime. So yeah, so just... Going into a restricted area, boom, federal crime. While there are people dying every day 
from the drug cartels coming in and they're not doing anything to try to enforce the law against those people. Oh, but but the people that just walked into the Capitol, they should be the ones that should be arrested. Okay. There was even a prison sentence of 22 years to Enrique Tarrio, and he was he was a Proud Boys national chairman, and so they convicted him of seditious conspiracy for allegedly plotting with others to prevent the transfer of power between President Trump and future president at the time, Joe Biden. So it's not good, you guys. It's not good at all. It's very sad and depressing. Okay, so lots going on in the political world. A lot. So while there was a debate, it was a fifth debate going on between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Um, They were going at each other. Fox News had Trump doing a town hall. And so both things were happening at once. And I'm going to be fully transparent with you. I didn't watch either event. I watched highlights of both events. But I didn't sit down and watch the entire thing, which I have been doing for all these other events. I've watched every debate so far. Once it was DeSantis and Haley, I lost interest in spending over an hour watching the entire thing, watching post-date and after-debate coverage. I just didn't care to do it anymore. So... There was a lot that went on, and it was Vivek. He's still in the race, but he did not qualify to do this CNN debate. Christie dropped out of the race. I was shocked when Christie dropped out of the of the race. Now, what's his name? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Knowles. He said that basically a presidential campaign will end the second people run out of money. And that's why they end. Because they just don't have any more money. No one's willing to continue to fund the the campaign. So it, it's just over after that. That made a lot of sense to me whenever he said that. So I'm going to play a snippet of Trump talking about Christie dropping out. And he's talking about New Hampshire because, you know, the the... Gosh, this this race is getting closer and closer to to being done. The elections are about to happen for these beginning states. Large numbers and they vote. And I have polls that show me leading by a tremendous amount in New Hampshire and a lot in Iowa and nationwide. We're leading by almost 60 points. So I'm not exactly worried about it. I understand New Hampshire very well. I've won it twice and did very well. With New Hampshire, I love the people. They love me, I think. Uh, we did a good job for New Hampshire economically and even from the standpoint of the military, taking care of the vets. And I think we're going to do very well in New Hampshire. Now, you know, Chris Christie was uh, in and uh, he got a hot mic I heard about. I thought actually the bigger story wasn't the fact that he dropped out. Nobody cared too much about that. But he had a hot mic where he was talking to somebody about uh, the weather and he happened to say that she doesn't have what it takes. She'll be creamed in the in the election, and I mean, I know her very well, and I happen to believe that Chris Christie's right. That's one of the few things he's been right about, actually. So you don't think it changes the dynamic much? I don't know if it does or not. Look, 
We're winning uh, tremendously here. We're, I think we're 20, 24 points up. I brought some polls if you want to see them, you know, just in case. <laughs> that was funny because Trump is basically just like, oh, you think that Christie's going to get out? And you think all of Christie's people are going to consolidate around Nikki? And boom, that's going to topple Trump. Trump's not going to win anymore because Christie got out. And we know how many people supported Christie. And because so many people supported Christie, then that's why he had to end his campaign. Because he was so popular. No, we all know that's not true. We all know it's so true that Chris Christie even had to admit that we all know it's true. Basically, he's saying, I had to get out of this race to help Nikki Haley win and beat Trump. My supporters will become her supporters. And if I had this percentage and she had this percentage, put those two numbers together and boom, we're beating Trump. Forget DeSantis, forget Vivek. But he even disagreed with that. And Trump, you know, he's obviously just not a believer of what, of what Christie is saying. And so, interestingly enough, there was a hot mic of what Christie said about Nikki Haley. Yeah, yeah that's what you get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, she spent 68 million so far, just on TV. Spent 68 million so far, 59 million by DeSantis, and we spent 12. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. And she's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's, gonna, he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Always. I, t you know, I talked to De DeSantis called me, petrified that I would. He's probably getting out of Iowa. What was that last little baby bit that he was going to say? DeSantis calls me petrified that he's going to. And I'm just like, mm, come on, spit it out, baby. But. It's like with every bit of food that Chrissy has ever eaten. He can't spit it out. So he chews and chews and chews those words and we're deprived of hearing what DeSantis was petrified about. There are some rumors that this was not really a hot mic, that Chrissy knew exactly what he was doing. He said this to basically say, I'm leaving the race to help Nikki Haley. Uh, but let's do this perfectly recorded thing of like him talking to reporters, just like, oh, yeah, she's never going to win it. She just doesn't have what it takes. Yeah, she's going to get completely smoked. Oh, and DeSantis, he called me. He is scared as a little baby. And I give him some milk, you know, to make him feel better. <laughs> but it made him look like he was the smart one for getting out. And that if you continue on, you're a loser. And in a way, he's right. Finally, though, Christy got out and... Supposedly, whenever he was running, he was saying that, hey, I'm, Trump is so bad and I'm so different than him. You need me in this race. You want me to be something different. And I think he's right. He was completely different than Trump. And that's why he went nowhere. Because we know what we want. We want our baby Trump. And we're going to get our baby Trump. Whether or not Christy, if Christy stands in the way, I'm not going to lie. It's a little difficult to get past him. But we'll find a way.
You can jump above him. You can bribe him with a McDonald's burger. Distract him as he shoves it down. And we get over to Trump and we vote for him. Now, like I said before, DeSantis, Haley, they were debating while Trump did this town hall. And Trump, you know, the town hall, it seemed to go pretty well for him. He got a lot of easy questions, but he even got questions from audience members. There was somebody that asked him about abortion, and you could see that Trump was really trying to go middle of the road there, saying essentially, you know, I we need to, like, I'm, I'm against abortion. Roe v. Wade happened because of me. But with the life of the mother, if the mother's life is going to be lost... We got to be careful and and maybe not go against that. And so it's tough. Obviously, I believe that personally, abortion is never okay, no matter what. The circumstance doesn't change the fact that it's a human life. It is. And, And you know that by if I told you I was pregnant and I started punching my stomach over and over again, you would say, don't do that. But somehow if I go into an abortion clinic... And I surgically, surgically have a supposed doctor slice my baby up and kill it. Then somehow it wasn't a baby to begin with. I, I don't, I don't know. And somehow the baby is an inconvenience and a burden. But if my parents called me that, I think I'd be pretty upset. And I, I was once their baby. I hope I still am. I really hope I still am. But that's what Trump believes, and and we know that. But the reality is, even if he doesn't have the same exact beliefs as me on abortion, Nikki Haley certainly doesn't. And DeSantis, I would say he does, but is he going to win? No. And also, as far as policy goes, no other Republican president was able to pick Supreme Court justices that would have allowed for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So... Trump's policies are totally helpful to my beliefs against abortion. And so I have to, I have to be grateful there. And no candidate is ever going to be perfect. Um, you know, I want to see him do better on the economy. And then he, I love, he's on saying this thing about, I'm going to be a dictator the first day. We're going to close up that border. And I forgot what else he says. He always says something else. It might be like firing federal workers, something along those lines. Um, Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was a good event. I'm going to play a little bit of back and forth of DeSantis and Haley, them kind of going at each other because they went hard at each other. They were very snippy, very snippy. And apparently Nikki Haley, the entire debate, she was saying, (laughs) uh, go to, I think it's DeSantisLies.com. Go to DeSantisLies.com. She was very proud of that website. Dollars. Then I wonder why you raised the debt when you were in Congress, because we're all paying for that. If we support Ukraine, Israel, and secure the border, that's less than 20% of Biden's green subsidies. You do not have to choose when it comes to national security. This is the UN way of thinking, that we're somehow globalists and we have unlimited resources. It has never been that Israel needs America. 
It has always been that America needs Israel. When she was at the UN, she supported the idea of a two-state solution between Israel and the Palestinian Arabs. The problem with that is the Palestinian Arabs don't recognize Israel's right to exist as a Jewish state. If you would have listened to what I said at the United Nations, a two-state solution wasn't something that was possible because Israel would always come to the table and the Palestinians wouldn't. But it's really rich that Ron is going to act like he suddenly cares for Israel when he brought the person to Iowa that's the most anti Israel Republican in the state, the person that went and voted against Israel's right to exist in Congress. We don't need an accountant in the White House. We need a leader in the White House. And that's what I would bring. Why is it that his state is now known to have the highest cost of living increases? And why is it that they're saying senior citizens can no longer afford to live in Florida? We don't need him doing that to our country. What do you admire about Governor Haley? You know, at the United Nations, um, I did think that she, she spoke out strongly on some key issues, and I appreciated that. I also appreciate uh, the state of South Carolina, and I think to be able to have been governor there is, is a great achievement. Governor Haley, what do you admire about Governor DeSantis? I think he's been a good governor. Okay. <laughs> it's almost like... Think of like marriage counseling and you have the husband and wife there and, you know, they're obviously there for counseling because maybe they're not getting along. And then the marriage counselor is like, okay, um, you guys have said a lot of negative things about each other. Um, each of you say something positive about each other. And the husband's like, you know, uh, she really, she does love and care about our kids. And, you know, she, she's really good to just wear beautiful clothes and her hair always looks gorgeous so yeah i appreciate those things about her okay wife what do you appreciate about your husband he's a good husband <laughs> that wasn't good nikki that wasn't good i think that Candace Owens is right. Candace Owens, she she goes pretty hard against Nikki Haley in her comments. And she says that Nikki Haley truly is not as smart as everyone thinks she is. And if she's right, she had me duped. Nikki Haley had me duped for a little bit because I thought she was pretty smart. But if you think about it, if it's not some line that Nikki Haley has rehearsed, she doesn't say anything. She says nothing. Like, she can't come up with something on the spot. In general, Clinton and Trump, they had the same kind of a situation whenever they were debating each other. And, yeah, this, <laughs> this kind of portly man in a red sweater and glasses, he said, what is something that you like about each other? And, you know, Trump, he's saying that she's a hard worker. She is a, a fierce opponent, um, you know that she's just very good at what she does as far as um, her determination. And then uh, Clinton, she then speaks about Trump's kids, that he has really good kids and, um, yeah, a good relationship with them. And so they both actually did, honestly, good, genuine compliments on each other. And it was a good way to just, like, relieve the, the stress and the tension in the room. And I pretty much think that every debate should have that be one of the questions, honestly. Because although, yes, this is for leadership of a, of a country, if you can't find something positive to say about your opponent, 
How are you going to get along with dictators, with other people in meetings? You have to have some common ground to get anywhere and compromise and anything else. And so it's a powerful skill to, yes, know what you could disagree on, but also know some good things about the person. The fact that Nikki Haley couldn't come up with anything other than he's a good governor. Like, come on. It shows you she has nothing. She has no depth. And then the fact that she couldn't even come up with, some, with something on the spot. You should already have that in your mind. Okay, they're going to ask me something positive about my opponent. Um, okay, let's see. This, this, this. Have something already prepared. But if you didn't, be able to say something. And the fact that you can't say anything positive about DeSantis other than he's a good governor? Come on. Not charitable. And you need to be charitable as a leader. You need to be. Nikki, I'm talking to you, sweetie. You and me right now. You and me. But it seems like they're they're good at staying on the topic, not getting super personal for the most part, and, and you know, covering a lot of issues, answering questions well. The, yeah, the website, I need to check on that later, DeSantis lies. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but uh, somebody else kind of created their own little campaign. Somebody I, I respect personally, and he is a senator, and he's been super effective against COVID and everything else. So I like this guy, uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. He had something that he wanted to say, um, a new little miniature communication campaign. Good morning, everyone. As I told you yesterday, I'm ready to say something about the presidential race. I've had a long relationship with Donald Trump, and there's a lot to like there. I'm also a big fan of a lot of the fiscal conservatism of Ron DeSantis. I think Vivek Ramaswamy's been an important voice. Also, have listened to and met with the independent Bobby Kennedy. I'm not yet ready to make a decision, but I am ready to make a decision on someone who I cannot support. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm Never Nikki. And if you go to nevernikki.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our, invent, our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military industrial complex, $8 million being paid to become part of the team. But I've also seen her indicate that she thinks you should be registered to use the internet, that people posting ideas anonymously. I think she fails to understand that our republic was founded upon people like Ben Franklin, Sam Adams, Madison, John Jay, and others who posted routinely for fear of the government. They posted routinely anonymously. And I think her failure to really understand that or to think that you should register through the government somehow for the internet is something that should disqualify her in the minds of all libertarian-leaning conservatives. So I'm announcing today I'm Never Nikki. You can go to nevernikki.net and sign up and show her that you're Never Nikki also. Thanks. I think that's awesome. Never Nikki. And he's right. Those... Those major two things he was pointing out, just, yeah, her, her wanting us to have to identify ourselves on the internet, not being able to have the freedom on there, and then just how interventionist she is. You know, she doesn't care. She just wants to invade every country. 
blow all our money away. She's so worried about Trump and how how irresponsible he was fiscally with our country. He gets us out of wars. I don't think she'd be any better. He's right. So yeah, hashtag never Nikki. Hashtag me too to hashtag never Nikki. I like it and I I'm so proud of him. He doesn't need my pride. He doesn't even know I exist. I'm a nothing, but you know, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. So you could probably guess that Vivek wasn't too happy about the fact that he didn't qualify to make it on the debate stage. And then he's also thinking about with Christy dropping out the implications of that. So now there's, you know, four people left. Trump, him, DeSantis, Haley. And if you think about each person leaving who their contingent of followers and supporters would go to. DeSantis, if he got out, that is probably the toughest one to decide on. Eh. Haley's is tough too. DeSantis, if his supporters left, you know, I think a good portion of them would go to Trump. I think some would go to Ramaswamy. Some would maybe go to Haley. But but yeah, I think the biggest portion would probably go to Trump. Ramaswamy, if he leaves, probably everyone to Trump. And if Nikki Haley leaves, gosh, if I had to guess, I think uh, definitely not Ramaswamy. Um, she hates him, and so her supporters hate him. I would say most likely probably to DeSantis. Well, that makes Nikki Haley actually probably need Vivek and need DeSantis to stay in the race because those people, the supporters, would probably not go to her. They would probably go to Trump, which is kind of a funny place to be in because she was just debating DeSantis and going super hard at him. And... um yeah, barely speaking about Trump at all as a major opponent. Like, you definitely think she could have done more. Like, DeSantis lies? How about Trump lies? He's your, he's your major opponent, not DeSantis. Like, what, what are you thinking here? But Vivek, he came on and he made a major prediction about what is going to happen to the presidential race once Christie dropped out. And let's listen to it and, and discuss. System wants to narrow this down to a two horse race between Donald Trump and a puppet who they can control. And it has become increasingly clear that puppet is not a Democrat. It's not even Gavin Newsom. It's Nikki Haley. It's in our own party. Well, today, one more step in that plot unfolds. Chris Christie drops out. Next up, I'm going to make a prediction. You're actually going to see Ron DeSantis join Nikki Haley's ticket. He's going to be her VP. The whole game, it's hiding in plain sight. Whatever it takes, and this system will stop at nothing, and I mean nothing, to eliminate Donald Trump from contention. It's disgusting. But the same people who have said they're not going to actually take a principled stand against Trump's removal from the ballot, Haley and DeSantis are both in that category. Do the math, people. That's next up. Ron DeSantis is after Iowa. Everybody, including Chris Christie, apparently got a phone call from Ron DeSantis. Panicked was the word that Chris Christie used. This is the way the plot's going. Ron may not know this. Ron DeSantis may not know this, but that's what his donors are going to make him do. That's what's coming next. 
Ron DeSantis will become Nikki's VP, whether or not Ron knows it. It's not really his choice. He's not the one in charge of that decision. And then the plot continues. We have to open our eyes and not fall into their trap. Our America First agenda cannot end. Our movement cannot end with Donald Trump when they take him out from contention. And if you think this system is going to even let this man get anywhere near the White House, we need to open our eyes. We need to do the right thing for our country. They are selling us the rope today that they're going to use. Wow, it's a bold prediction. I'm curious to see if it happens. I, I'm not the one making the prediction, so I feel pretty stress-free about the whole thing. You know, but we did just see them, uh, DeSantis and Haley, they were going at it. They were going pretty hard. Now, there wasn't as much of anger, anger like fueling the debate, like whenever Nikki Haley and Ramaswamy are going at each other, but... But still, like, they were going pretty hard. DeSantis lies, you know. DeSantisLies.com, or whatever it was. He lies so much that I, I want to make him my VP. And I want to train him not to lie. <laughs> so I want him on my ticket now. I want a liar on my ticket. DeSantis lies. I, I don't know. I just... I don't think Vivek is right on this one, if I had to guess. If I end up being wrong, okay, then very interesting. I'll be wrong. You know, I do I do agree with the fact that I don't think DeSantis is in a lot of control of all of the decisions that are being made surrounding his campaign and everything. In general, I do, I do wonder if he's regretting the fact that he ran in the first place. I think he really has sunken himself in the eyes of the public by running and, and being negative against Trump. I think that was a huge mistake. And the the simple fact is that you actually don't have to be negative against your opponent, your main opponent, in order to run for president. If you think about it, Ramaswamy has not been negative against Trump. Now, of course, he's running against Trump, so that is negative against Trump, I guess. But, but he hasn't actually spoken out against Trump. I, I also, okay, in a sense, I agree with Vivek that they want Nikki Haley, the... And they, you know, they in quotes, people like the Koch brothers, people that have a lot of the dominance and political power. Um, that's what I mean by they. The people, us, they don't want Nikki. You could literally see someone who's always fighting against the power. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, he's obviously against Nikki. And I, you know, I read a lot of the comments on his, on his post against Nikki and a lot of people agree with him. And I'm definitely one of them. I started out this uh, with her running, not liking her, not being a fan. It would be interesting. It would be interesting if they somehow joined together. Now, in some sense, you got to think of Biden and his VP, Kamala Harris. She started out one of the debates saying that Trump or well, Biden was a racist and it affected her, you know, being able to go on the school bus or something like that. And... He was just like, no, that's not true. That's not true. And she's like, it is true. <laughs> and so they were arguing pretty hard. And then Biden's like, well, I need a black VP who's a woman or I won't be happy. And then they had to find somebody. And I guess that's the best they could come up with. I really think there's probably a few others that would have been a good choice. Have you heard of Candace Owens? Just kidding. Can you imagine? <laughs> She'd be fighting him every day. That'd be so funny. So yeah, so I don't know. I don't I don't think he's right on this one. But I, I have no way of knowing for sure either. So hmm. very bold prediction indeed.
Now, an interesting thing too is that, you know, I already just said, Vivek has not been verbally against Trump. But this is a pretty recent headline. Trump attacked Vivek. And he said in a social media post that Vivek was not MAGA, Make America Great Again. And he said, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, the best president in generations, is what Vivek was saying about Trump. So that's what he's saying in the post. Unfortunately, now all he does is dis disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly. And he said, don't get duped by Vivek. A vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side. Don't get duped by this. Vote for Trump. Don't waste your vote. Vivek is not MAGA. The Biden indictments against his political opponent will never be allowed in this country. They are already beginning to fall. MAGA. Mega, mega, mega. It's very interesting. Yeah, this article then details that essentially Trump has 54% of the vote, you know, out of a survey in Iowa, and Ramaswamy has 6% of the support. If you were interested in no, Nikki Haley has 20%, DeSantis has 13%. So 54% versus six. That's nothing. Trump typically only attacks people that are a threat to him. But does Trump maybe know something that we don't know? Because he might. He might maybe have heard some kind of plan that Vivek has against Trump or Maybe he heard something bad that Vivek said against Trump and figured out that he's not loyal, even though Vivek has been sounding like he's loyal to Trump. I don't know. Uh, the whole thing is really weird that Trump would go so hard against Vivek because now you're thinking, okay, well, now Vivek is just going to hate you, Trump. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have spoken against Vivek. I think Trump knows something, and that's why he's saying it. Because, yeah, it, or or... Here's another idea, another possibility. Maybe he's he's seen some other polling in Iowa and has seen that it's actually a lot closer between him and Naley, uh, Haley. Naley. That's a mixture of her name. Hickey <laughs> or Naley. <laughs> Hickey Naley. Wow, that'd be good. Maybe he, he sees that she's a bit more of a threat there. And if anybody's voting for Ramaswamy, they're throwing away their vote. And he's trying to basically say, like, don't trust this guy. Don't get duped. Go for me. So then he's really sure to win it. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of questions that I have. A lot. And when I have questions, I need answers. All right. So, the Golden Globes occurred. And I don't know if you watch the Golden Globes. I never do. And I don't think I ever will. It's a boring event, and it's dumb. Typically, they have a comedian go on and kind of be host and do jokes. All that kind of stuff. And they had this guy who's a comedian named Joe... Coy, 
I'm saying his name wrong, and I'm going to feel so stupid. I don't know how to say his name. But he did several jokes, and he was apparently only hired, like, 10 days before the event occurred. And apparently you're supposed to have, like, months to prepare for this. It's, like, really difficult. Um, Also, you know, you hope to get laughs from the audience. Well, who's in the audience? It's the people that are potentially receiving an award. So it's a lot of hoity-toity celebrities that probably aren't going to laugh at anything you have to say. So not a good gig, especially if you only have 10 days to prepare. And you may have, like, comedic writers helping you. Um, which he did, but then maybe you can insert some of your own jokes, but it's not that easy. It, it, it can be pretty quick to come up with a joke, but you also have to test out the joke to see if it's going to get a good response, try it amongst different audiences, all that kind of stuff. You would really want to feel like this is a good set that you have to do. And 10 days is just not enough time for that. Um, and, and there's no way to truly know if this specific audience is going to like the, the, these jokes. And then they feel no need to laugh because they're hoity-toity. Why am I saying hoity-toity so much? I don't know. I'm saying it a lot. I don't like it. But he did he did a pretty bad job <laughs> just in general with his jokes. Um, it doesn't mean he's not a good comedian. You know, I haven't watched his other stuff, but he's obviously famous enough to be on TV. But it's pretty obvious also that he was not their first pick. Probably like one of their last picks. <laughs> but nevertheless, he did one joke and I'm going to play it. It was basically just kind of making fun of Taylor Swift um, and, and the fact that whenever she goes to those football games that her boyfriend plays at, that, uh, you know, she's on camera a lot. You know, they shoot to her. You know, it, it was whatever. I'll, I'll play it. We'll, we'll, you know, see if you think it's funny. Uh, the big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL, on the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. I swear. There's just more to go to. Here. Sorry about that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a quick joke. It, it's, it's funny enough. Like, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like crazy funny, but, but yeah, it's funny enough. But if you, if you look at Taylor, they shot over to her. And her response to the joke, she looked like annoyed slash angry. Definitely no smile in sight. And she's just like sipping on her drink. She just looks like pretty annoyed by the whole thing. And a lot of people, they were like strong responses on either side. Just like, oh man, she thinks she's too good for these kind of jokes. What the heck? Um, can't she take herself a little less seriously? And other people were like, that wasn't a funny joke. She should never even have, uh, have been thought to laugh at that. Um, you know, a lot of people on either side, you know, going at it. In my mind, this is not the first Golden Globes that has ever occurred. People know how this event typically works. They know that there's going to be a comedian. They know that he's going to roast a lot of the people there. Uh, they also... They know that the second that they mention somebody's name, the camera's going to shoot over to that person and they're going to get the reaction of that joke and how the person feels about it. So that is no surprise. And if, if you really don't like that, you don't like the fact that you have to be roasted, I guess you could just either not go, maybe just get out of there, maybe go to the restroom for that period of the show. I don't know if it really bothers you that much. 
Um, but but if you're going to want to be well received by the public, then I guess you have to play the game. And in the same way that if someone came up to me and was like, hey, Sarah, nice to meet you. I am blah, blah, blah. And they're smiling and trying to shake my hand. Um, it would be pretty expected for me to smile back, be like, oh my gosh, hey, great to meet you, um, blah, 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 and smile and just, you know, really have a good response to the whole thing. You know, it's it's just like, that's just how we interact in the world. And, and that's pretty normal. And so if I didn't do that, and I was just like, oh, hi. And I'm just like, straight face, just like, hello. A lot of people will probably say, oh, she's rude. Why was she not like smiling? Why was she not like feeding off my energy and being kind? I was just wanting to literally go over and be kind to her. When that guy's doing a joke, it was a very soft, just subtle dig. And no one's saying she had to laugh, but but to not even smile, you know, it's just a bit of a surprise. It's a bit of a surprise. And so I can understand people having a, a negativity on her response because she wasn't willing to play the game. You could argue if someone's not willing to play the game, do they think they're above the game? Maybe so. Maybe so. It, yeah, if, I, if I'm not responding kindly to someone trying to shake my hand and meet me for the first time, I might think, they might think that I think I'm better than them, and I really couldn't blame them. And, I, you know, you can actually just play the game and even have those same negative thoughts, but, but be fake. You play the game. And if someone's trying to say, oh, that's so sexist, blah, blah, blah. No, no, it's not. It's not because um, the public usually responds negatively to people not being able to take a joke. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember recently Chris Rock joking about Jada Pinkett Smith and then Will Smith gets up and slaps him across the face. People didn't like the fact that, that he had that kind of reaction. And, and Will Smith, last time I checked, is a man. So it's not sexist to say, hey, lighten up. Hey, it's a joke. Chill. So I can understand. And yeah, it's a complete joke. No one can help the fact that, that Taylor goes to the football games. And, and what's she supposed to do? Is she supposed to just sit there and... Be like, hmm, I'm going to support my boyfriend, but look angry the whole time. People wouldn't like that either. I totally get it. But yeah, all she had to do was just smile at the joke. Doesn't mean it was funny. You just smile. I go to open mics all the time, comedic open mics. And sometimes I'm not funny. And I try to tell a joke and my heart is good. I'm trying to be funny. And, you know, if people just look so ticked off and angry, it's going to really discourage me. If people are telling jokes that aren't very funny, a lot of times I just laugh just to make them feel a little bit better. It's not that hard. Sometimes with some, it is because they're really not funny, but it doesn't kill me to just be a little happy. Wow, I went on about that forever. I was very passionate about that topic. So then the other little bit of... Uh, of drama from the Golden Globes was that Selena Gomez went over to Taylor Swift and was whispering some stuff. And a lot of people were like, what were they talking about? And a lip reader was like, oh, she's talking about 
the fact that she tried to get a picture with Timothy Chalamet. And apparently he said no. Somebody else was like, oh, well, no, he is with his girlfriend, Kylie Jenner. And she said that they couldn't get a picture because she's a girlfriend or something like that. So that's supposedly what they were saying. But a lot of people are like, you can't trust lip readers, blah, blah, blah. But it's still fun to just kind of look into it. And then there was a lot of PDA between Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner on TV. And in general, I think we got to stop with the PDA. I'm just going to say that right now. PDA is, it's disturbing. Do you have a reason why I think it is? No. But all I know is that if I'm like third wheeling a couple and we're all hanging out together and they just start making out with each other and I'm like standing right there, for whatever reason, I don't really like that. I react poorly. I have a negative reaction to that. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why it does. Should I watch a couple make out right in front of me and be like, yes, keep on going. That's so cool. Kiss each other harder, please. No. No. I think my natural reaction is a good one. I think I'm right on this one. We shouldn't do that. And so little Timothy and little Kylie making out like that or just being weird, honestly. I think there's no need for it. And if they want to do that in the privacy of their own home, then go for it. But whenever you do that in public, it says a couple things. It says you don't care about other people's feelings around you. And also, what are you trying to prove? Do you think like we don't think you guys are like romantic or close? You're trying to prove that you guys have a strong relationship? Why do you need that approval from the public? You know? So that's what that says. And also it's restraint. I'm going to be honest. I I haven't had a true passionate um, love romance with somebody. And so I don't know what I would truly be like in that situation. I guess it probably would be hard to not kiss a person in public. And so that's why I'm saying this on video. If I do that, Call the police because they're going to need to put me in solitary confinement for making out with somebody I love in front of the public. Because if I do that, that's not okay. And if I start doing that, I'm going to be really ashamed of myself because I'm against it and I should know better. But I hope that that never would happen. So I really don't want to be in solitary confinement. That would be very uncomfortable. Oh man, that'd be so awkward for me. I would just be like, mmm, alone. Now, you know, with the new year starting and everything, you know, it's so fun. It's so fun. 2024. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy that it's happening. You know, I was looking at my Fitbit app on my phone and I was doing so good. I was getting 10,000 steps a day and I was like, you know, what if this is like the first year? where I can do it, where I can get, you know, to 10,000 steps the entirety of the year. 
And then it was like literally yesterday and I didn't make it. And I was so upset with myself. I was like at 8,000. But I was walking and it was like it hit midnight and I didn't make it. But then I was looking at like how much I've walked the entire year and like, gosh, on my app, I think it was saying like it was in the millions for an entire year. And that was so cool to me. And I, I right now I'm just going to stop the podcast and just I'm going to walk a million steps right now. I'm just going to like go and just never stop. No, I'm kidding. That'd be crazy. But it is just so crazy to think about like how much we walk. And I love walking. Walking is so much fun. It really does suck because I, you know, I'm trying to be like, oh, healthier, more fit. But like every time I run, my legs are still hurting. And this has been happening for like over a month now. And so I I haven't been able to run. And, you know, usually I would like to run like two to three miles. I love running two to three miles on the treadmill. And it's just like, I can't. It, It just hurts too bad. And, you know, I've always heard, if it hurts, stop. And it's it's not like, oh, I'm tired, that hurts. I'm not talking about that. Like, obviously, I'm usually tired whenever I'm running, but I still keep on going anyway. So it's just not fun for me. And I walk at an incline, but it's it's not the same. I even tried running for like a couple minutes. And I could kind of feel the pain again. And I foam roll, but my sister says I'm supposed to do like a lot more like massage and all that kind of stuff. But when you like really go at it, like massage wise, it hurts. Like it really hurts. And so I'm scared. I'm scared to like actually, actually do that. But then I stay unwell for longer. And yeah, not like sickly unwell, but you know what I mean. Oh my gosh, last episode, I, um, <laughs> you know, I, if anyone caught this, it'll be kind of funny, but I, I had pink eye and it was like just starting that night. I didn't know I had pink eye. And then it was like the next couple of days and I didn't tell anyone I had pink eye because, um, you know, I just made sure not to touch my eye and I was washing my hands like crazy. Uh, so it wasn't going to affect anybody. No one's going to come over and just like touch my eye. You know, no one's going to do that. But yeah, it, it was just like, I remember my eye was like hurting during the last podcast. <laughs> now it makes so much sense. And yeah, it was very, um, they call it pink eye for a reason. Let me just tell you that right now. It's called pink eye for a reason. So, so crazy and not the good kind, like the bad crazy. So there was this, um, it happens every year. It's called CES and it's, uh, oh my gosh, what does CES stand for? Consumer Electronics Show. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Consumer Electronics Show. So CES, yeah, happens every year. All these companies start going crazy wazy with these different electronics. And kind of the big thing is the futuristic TVs that come. Like one that I know is a huge deal is like the Samsung Frame. And so it looks like it could be like an art piece, but it's also a TV. So that one's a few years old now, but that was like at CES, that was like a huge deal. And now there's apparently like transparent TVs, completely non-glare TVs. And every year they come out with bigger and bigger TVs. Like it's going to be very easy to find like a thousand dollar 86 inch TV. And, you know, like a thousand for that is... That's a good deal. Like, honestly, it's a great deal. But the only issue is like, how do you transport that sucker home? How do you get that little baby of a TV home? 
That's my question. And then there was another little thing that they showed and it was, um, okay, it's like a iPhone case and it's truly only for the iPhones. I think it's only for the, the 14 and the 15, iPhone 14 and 15. And it's these like Blackberry cases, Blackberry keyboard cases. And it makes your phone like a lot longer, you know? And, and and they got a cool like cool fun colors. I think I think it's an interesting concept, but I have to be honest. I would I would never want that. You know the keyboard on the phone works fine, but supposedly you use that, and then the keyboard for your phone won't have to take up half the screen because you know whenever you're texting and then like half of your screen is taken up by you know the the actual on screen keyboard. So that wouldn't occur with that. So pretty interesting. But the case itself, you guys, like I understand that it's really like good technology. Supposedly it doesn't even barely affect the battery. But it's like a hundred and is it like 140 bucks? I think it is. Yeah, I think it's 140. It's so expensive. And like I understand, like, you know, they gotta make money. So I'm not judging, but yeah, 140 bucks. I'm not buying that. Who's going to buy that? No, somebody will buy it. So I need to eat my words right now. Watch whenever it becomes like the future. And then like, <laughs> I'm the dupe. I'm the one that's like, that was always wrong. But yeah, I love my iPhone case. Cause it's just like, it's the size of the phone. The phone's already too big. They have those like big phones now. And I just, I, I usually get the smaller one if I can. Um, even though, you know, if you have a bigger phone, then it, it's bigger battery. But, but yeah, there's lots of cool technology coming out every year. And so then you can go on YouTube, watch C CES, best, uh, best of CES 2024, and probably find like really cool technology and stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I mentioned bucket list, like if I was to have a bucket list, it would definitely be to be able to go to one of those shows. That would be super awesome. I would like to go just one time. And I probably won't even need to go ever again, but just once to be able to see the new technology. Like there's this like, machine you could put like a it's almost like a Keurig but think of for ice cream you put a little cup in and then it'll make like a thing of like ice cream there's even like some stuff where like you can make your own beer at home yeah I'm not into alcohol but if I was oh I'd go crazy on that I'd be like alcohol more and more I want to be drunk yay that was a joke be yeah, like massage chairs all that kind of stuff oh man I would love to have like a really good massage chair, like that really goes at it. But those are like thousands upon thousands of dollars. Like, I'm sorry, it's too much. But if I was like really rich, yeah, I would get one of those. I'm not even lying. Um, I wanted to talk about this. I uh, one of my favorite things in the world has been my iPad. I love my iPad so much, and uh, you know, with every iPad. I think it's important to have a really good case for your iPad uh, just to protect it. And then also it helps it be to become more like usable and functional and fun. And so if anybody has an iPad, you would make yourself a lot happier in life if you had this case. Um, Z-U-G-U, Zugu, a Zugu case. So yeah, it looks, it looks kind of like this. Um, I have a brown one, brown leather. And so it's just gorgeous, um, just how I like it. Like me, you know, I try to have things that are gorgeous like me in my life. And 
you know, it's got like two places where it can hold the Apple Pencil. Here is wonderful. And then um, even on the back of it, it can hold it in this like little slot. It's awesome. And I don't like this though. I don't like this. This feels less safe to me. I like this other thing, the magnetic. It's just better. The buttons are great. The buttons don't play. They don't mess. Um, it, it's like fully adjustable. So you can just like kind of undo this little sucker and then um, lean it back. It could go like to 10 different angles depending on how you kind of push it back. But yeah, I, I love it. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. It's so awesome. And, and it's so beautiful. You can even um, put it it, it's like magnetic you can even like it's like put it on your fridge and it'll like hang up on your fridge but it's, it's super protective super nice and yeah i just have to tell you about it because you know if you don't know about it what are you doing with your life oh it's so wonderful it's such i i saw somebody do a review on it and i was like once i saw it i was like i gotta get it and i got it on sale too you know, I, I'm not going to get an original price, if you know anything about me. Sarah likes to save a buck. And apparently to speak in person. I don't know why I've been doing that so much lately. Really, really bad habit. If I needed a New Year's resolution, it should be to stop doing that. But yeah. It's a nice case, guys. I think I spent like 40 on it. But it, it could tend to be like close to 70 or whatever. And... Yeah, but I've dropped my iPad a couple of times and I, I have no fears. Like, look at me. Do I look afraid? Okay, I kind of do look afraid right now. But if if I didn't look afraid, that's how I would look. So yeah. Pick up one. I like black stuff typically. Like you're always going to find me getting like black jackets, black shoes, all that kind of stuff. Because black never goes out of style. But that brown, once I saw it, I had to have it. I had to have it. And I'm happier for it. My brother, he got a black one. He was like, I should have gotten a brown. And, you know, I didn't want him copying me. So I was like, no, that black is great. That black is perfect for you. It fits you so well. Did he believe me? Probably not, but that's okay. <sighs> okay, let's go to the verse. So it's going to be Proverbs 3, verse 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor to detest his correction, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Powerful, powerful stuff, you guys. We watch parents interact with their children, and we can tell the parents that are willing to discipline and the ones that are not. You know, if a kid came up to you and they kicked you in the shin as hard as they could, just out of spite, and then they ran away. And, you know, their parent was right there, and you're just like, hey, you gonna do anything? And the parent's just, like, laughing. Oh, isn't that so funny <laughs> that my kid did that, that? They kicked you in the shit, and you're, like, dying. Oh, isn't that so funny? That would anger us. And you'd probably think, oh, you don't care about your kid. You don't love your kid. Because for them to do that is not okay. Like, what, are they gonna do that to their boss later whenever they're all grown up at work? They're gonna kick their boss in the shit and run away? No, that's not okay. But if the parent instead like grabbed the kid, they're like, uh, you and I are about to talk. And then they spanked their kid and said, don't ever do that to someone again. That's not okay. Um, we would say, dang, that parent really cares about their kid because they're willing to like, you know, 
discipline them and have a rough interaction with them so that the child can get better one day. Well, that's how God is with us. Whenever God is disciplining us, it it shows that he loves and cares about us. But if we were just to skirt by through life without any discipline at all, we'd be buffoons. We'd be crazy people. It's like the kid that I gave the example of. That kid was me. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. If I did that, I would be so disappointed in myself. Um, I may try it tomorrow. See how that goes. (laughs) Just start kicking everybody in the shin and running away. I won't lie. Sometimes I do wish I could like do something really crazy and then go back 10 seconds in time. But you can't do that. But yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the Bible. Yeah, so God loves us so much. And he loves us that he wants us to get better. He wants us to get closer to him, have a strong relationship with him, glorify him. Because then, you know, we are letting our light, our light so shine before men so that they can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven, Matthew 5, 16. You know, like it's, it's important. It's so important. Um, and what's at stake? Well, we don't want people to go to hell. And so if we as Christians are the worst people in society, we're never disciplining our kids, we're never allowing ourselves to be disciplined by God. Yeah, that's not really a good testimony. And that's nothing to aspire to. Why would anyone want, to want Christianity based off of our example? And then would they go to hell? That's not something we want either. So this is all very important. I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm going through the Bible again in a year. I've, I've done it for the past few years. And that is is definitely not a brag for me because if you knew me before, you would know that I really struggled to read the Bible. Um, I didn't understand it like hardly at all. You know, I'm not saying I have full understanding now. There are so many portions of the Bible where I'm like, yeah, I got to just get through that, but I don't fully understand it. Um, and yeah, do I need to be better about studying and actually understanding? Yes. I have so many weaknesses in it, but there would be days upon days upon days where I wouldn't even touch the Bible, wouldn't even read it. Uh, so for me to be able to read it every day now, that was not me. I tried to get myself to do that for years and years and years, and I could not do it. And I, I tried my willpower, everything, and it was pathetic. And then I, I remember hearing some truth on it, just like if if we as Christians are going to claim that this is uh, the truth upon which we live by, yet we haven't even read it, that, that looks pretty pathetic. And so, And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I need to read it. And once I started really putting that discipline and God kind of gave me the strength to do it, it was amazing. It was it was just astounding how 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 he helped me. And I it's been a few years now and I I don't let a day go by without reading the Bible. Um and I know it's not me. You know, they they always say like um through our weakness he shows his strength. And it's so true. And so I think oftentimes we have to like actually give up. That sounds so weird, but we have to give up in order to finally say, God, I can't do it. I'm going to have to have you do it because I, I'm a human being and I need you as my savior, my Lord, uh, to do this for me. And he'll do it. He will help. And I saw that. I saw that in my life. And so if God could do that for me, someone who is so flipping lazy, then I know he could do it for you in whatever, you know, I'm not just saying the Bible in anything. 
and, and believe it or not, discipline begets discipline. It also says that in the word. So as you as you pick up this discipline, then you'll be surprised as, well, you know, I don't want to read the Bible because that's going to take a lot of time out of my day. And if I do that all the time, um, you know, I won't be able to get this and this and this done. But you'll be surprised how if you do start doing that every day, then you'll also do other things every day and you'll have more discipline, more productivity, more energy. It is astounding. Yeah, it was Joyce Meyer. She was talking about how uh, like 20 years ago, she's like 80 now, but like 20 years ago, she was like, I have no energy. I need it, blah, blah, blah. And she felt God saying, you need to start exercising. She's like, I don't have any time for that. I'm like a world speaker. I run a full ministry. I don't have time for that. And then she finally got over herself and started meeting with a trainer, walking like five miles a day. And she began to see, oh, I do have time for that. And actually it's helping me in other areas of my life and it's improving my health. And so if we just surrender, it's really cool. And I'm speaking to myself right now because there's certain areas of my life that I am needing to hear this truth again. And so, and having to remind myself of what he's done in the past and encouraging me that he will do it again in these certain areas of my life that are not going so well. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's a, I, I have this cool, fun story of the fact that God helped me, but the only reason it's, it's a cool, fun story is the fact that I sucked at reading the Bible. If I had always been amazing about it, then there's no testimony in that. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, I think that's, that's some truth that maybe I can share. You guys have been so kind, so awesome to listen to me. Um, you know, if you're driving in a car right now, just look yourself in the mirror and just say, dang, I'm good looking. But don't, don't take too long because otherwise, you know, you'll, you won't have your eyes like fully on the road. And if you get into a car wreck, please don't blame me because that's not my fault. But nevertheless, you, you guys are wonderful. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day.